0: I know we have talked about this before, but I believe this is a subject that can't be talked about enough. The Holy Spirit is what makes us Christians. You see, I grew up going to a church that was I believe scared of the Holy Spirit. They very rarely mention the Holy Spirit. I don't believe they knew how to explain it. Jesus actually makes two promises in this scripture: one Jesus promises that he will pray to the Father, and the Father will give us an advocate to help us with our daily lives two. Jesus promises He won't leave us as orphans. The first promise is not free. Jesus gave some strict rules for us to follow in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Just because we are believers, doesn't mean we get a free ride. Faith is an important part of salvation, but faith alone is not enough, James two fourteen 17 Let us look for a moment at these steps we must take. 1. We must have a pure heart. We must repent of all our sins and give them to Christ for the forgiveness he gave us by his blood shed on the cross of Calvary. 2. We must believe in Jesus as our savior, John 3:16. This is the faith we must have to move those mountains. Until we become Christians and receive the holy spirit to help us, we must have that faith of a mustard seed, Matthew 17:20. Without that faith, we can't keep our hearts pure for the holy spirit to enter. 3. We must keep our heart pure through the study of God's word we can't build a relationship with Christ without getting to know Him. We have the Bible for that purpose. To know Christ is to love Him. Notice the first thing Jesus says. If you love me. Without that love, we will not receive the Holy Spirit. 4. And finally, keep my commands. The commands Jesus talks of here have nothing to do with the law. The Ten Commandments were given by God. These commandments are not the law, but the law was based on them. There are other commands given in the Old and in New Testaments that we must follow. These commands are in addition to the law. Remember all Scripture is given by God, 2 Timothy 3 16-17. Jesus said He would ask the Father and the Father would send us an advocate. Notice how Jesus is protecting us by not leaving us alone to fight the darkness without any protection. Since the moment we believed, we have had the blood of Christ to protect us. Now we have something more to ensure we can live in the Spirit. Jesus also promised that He would not leave us orphans. Jesus came to the world to save the world. We only have to read John 1 1 1-18 to understand what Jesus was talking about when he made that promise. The word given by the apostles was inspired by God. This word was Christ incarnate and the word continues to inspire the same belief today as it did in the beginning of the church. Christ is also one of the three members of the Godhead. Without any one part, the Godhead would not be complete. We need only to look at the divisions of the Godhead to understand it. God created us. Jesus saves us the Holy Spirit guides and protects us. What an awesome God we have. Without God, we would still be moving around in darkness with no purpose in our lives. God is more than salvation to us, God is our reason for living, our reason for kindness, our reason for forgiveness. Without God, we would be nothing again. Put God in your life and I mean the whole God, not just the first part. You need all three to be a Christian, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Communion. 1. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. 2. The service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. 3. A relationship of recognition and acceptance between Christian churches or denominations, or between individual Christians or Christian communities in a church, signified by a willingness to give or receive the Eucharist. What is the meaning of communion and why do it? Communion is defined as the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Communion is sometimes referred to as the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, or in some church denominations as Eucharist, or Sacrament. Essentially, communion is a form of gratitude. While you are asking for guidance through prayer and forgiveness from your sins, communion also serves as a time to remember the blessings. Identifying the blessings, in your life, can serve as a launch pad for a better understanding and outlook for the future. John 13 12-15, NKJV So, when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me Teacher and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should do as I have done to you. Those who have shown faith and humility know that Christ loves, and He loves them to the end. Nothing can separate a true believer from the love of Christ. Those who are true believers, demonstrate their love, faith, and devotion 24 hours a day. We don't know when our time will come, therefore what we have to do in constant preparation for it, should never be undone. You can't be a Christian today and a sinner tomorrow and still be in the good graces of God. Make up your mind. You're a saint or a sinner. There are churches that are advocating sin as an acceptable behavior. What is acceptable for us is totally inappropriate to God. Jesus gave yet another example for us to follow and most of our churches choose to ignore it because they think mankind is too good to be that humble. Why would a bank president want to wash the feet of a homeless person? Why would a bank president, hotel owner, real estate mogul or any other person of high status want to wash the feet of anyone other than those of their own status? Why would the king of kings want to shed his blood to save a sinner like you?